Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Live, Learn, Love podcast. I'm your host, Bailey Chavez, and I'm so excited you're here. Keep listening to hear from my diverse group of leaders, sharing their insight on leadership, health, career opportunities, wellness, or personal development. Thank you for going on this journey with me. So the first question is just to tell me a little bit about yourself. So for y'all who don't know me, I name my name is Ashley Thompson. Um, I am a junior in college. I had to think about that. I'm a junior <laughs> in college. I'm studying animal science. Um, I love animals and like always have, always will. And so that really translated well in high school when I did FFA. And so now I want to be a large animal veterinarian and work primarily with livestock. So kind of really correlates well there. Um, What about me? I am almost 21. I'll turn 21 February 3rd. So in like two weeks, woo woo. Um, I have three siblings. I have a really cool dad and a really sweet mom. (laughs) So um, I'm engaged to Lane Blaylock. He is an awesome human being. Um, Yeah. That's basically, oh, for those people who like Enneagram stuff, I'm a three wing two, which basically means that I'm like an overachiever. So that's just me in a nutshell. (laughs) Yeah, that's really cool. Um, I'm actually a three, but I'm a three wing four. My sister's a three wing two. So that's cool. That is so cool. I know. I love (laughs) our threes. (laughs) Three game. (laughs) (laughs) Question number two is what are some tips you have for being a genuine leader? So this is a hard question because genuine is kind of defined differently by who you're talking to. So um, I'll kind of give you guys like a background of my experience with genuine leadership. So um, in high school, I was a chapter president, Manila district, uh, vice president area president, vice president. So I've, I did a lot of stuff in high school, but I guess I really didn't know what genuine leadership was until my state officer year, which is crazy because, you know, you think that, you know, something your whole life and then you realize you don't. And so it's just absolutely insane. But, um, I had this little phrase called living with intention. And I literally had it on every Instagram post that I made. I said it all the time. Anybody who would ask, I would tell them about it. But the crazy part about it is I didn't actually know what living with intention meant until probably at the end of the year when I started writing my retiring address. And um, I kind of had to sit back and think of like how you define, you know, intentional leadership. Um, Because I think being intentional is genuine. And so um, I kind of had to step back and realize, well, what makes a leader so intentional or so genuine? And it basically came down to what are your priorities in life? And so like I had to write down, like actually physically write down what my priorities were and um, I couldn't share them. (laughs) Like I felt like if I shared them with the world, then all of a sudden it would become like a standard that I set for myself. And so if I was going to give any advice, I would say, write down your priorities and don't share them like with everyone, you know, if you need to share them with, you know, your close friends who can like hold you accountable to that, then by all means do that. Um, But kind of just like ask yourself, you know, like what is important to me? And 
you know, are the decisions that I'm making with my life lining up with my priorities that I've written down? And if no, then maybe you need to redefine like what that genuineness looks like for you. Um, I don't think that there's a whole lot that you need to change about yourself in order to become genuine because it's just being authentic to who you are. And so kind of just making that definition for yourself of knowing what am I doing right now that it makes me authentic and makes me uniquely myself and then just sticking with it. Yeah, that's so awesome. I think that's really cool that you kind of shared like that, even though you had that phrase like all throughout high school that you didn't really understand what it meant and like how to actually live it out until like the end of your state officer year. And I think that's like a cool perspective because like I'm in high school right now and like there's like I'm around a bunch of like different leaders and stuff and we like to think that we have it all figured out but the truth is that we really don't. And so yeah. That we take like that time to reflect and like make sure our priorities in line, make sure we're living up to what we say that we're doing. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah. And I mean, I would just want to put a disclaimer out like that everything that you're feeling is like real, like the feelings that you feel are real, you know, whether that be like sadness or anger or even joy, like all of that is real. But how we react to that is what truly makes the difference in our lives. So, yeah. So great. That's great advice. So thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, the third question is, what's the best memory you have from serving as a state officer? Oh my gosh, there's so many. We, our team was just awesome. I love them. Like to this day, like we still all have like reunions and get togethers and they're just good people. <laughs> um, I think probably one of my favorite memories was just traveling area six. And I know that like, I might be a little bit biased saying we're the best area, but like, (laughs) we're pretty cool. Um, But I think what I love most about it is that every single person or every single chapter was trying to make their chapter the best chapter we visited, you know, because people want us to have a good time on the road. And that just made us feel so special because people were giving us gifts and, you know, letting us hold their guinea pigs and being like, hey, come out to our chapter meeting afterwards. And it was just so much fun. And people were just genuinely like enthusiastic and like excited for us to be there. So that was probably the most fun but I also really loved green hand camp and I think that was kind of maybe not the most fun in the moment it was definitely fun but like I think in hindsight it was probably more fun because the people that we met at green hand camp are like the leaders now and so I can like look back on Instagram and like see that, oh, this person became district president or, oh, this person is now an area officer. And it's just beyond me and so bizarre to look back and see that. And so I think that that's probably most fulfilling. So, yeah. That's really cool. And I definitely agree. Cause like I went to green hand camp whenever I was in eighth grade. And so like, I was super young and then like, I've gone through like district office, my sister's an area officer. And it's just crazy to see like how, like we're in those positions now and how like the people we looked up to are now, like they've been like state officers or other leaders and they're just like all grown up and it's just crazy to see. Yeah. No kidding. My <laughs> <laughs> um, question number four is what is a lesson that state office that your state office year taught you that you otherwise wouldn't have learned? Yeah, this is a good question. Um, I think I learned during state officer year how to rest. And 
I want to say that I would have learned that eventually, but I don't know if I would have. <laughs> I have always, I'm a super um, outgoing person. I just very extroverted, love to be around people. And I was just always go, go, go. Like every, you know, year in high school and up until my freshman year of college, my state officer year, it was just a constant go, go, go. Um, and so I think that there was this sense of I can't relax because there's so many things that I have to do. Um, one of my good friends called it FOMO or fear of missing out of needing to like be in the moment, like in the action where everyone's at all the time. And it was just really exhausting. And I think state officer year showed me that because there was things going on constantly. You know, when we weren't with, you know, chapter uh, members in the chapter or when we weren't at board meetings, you know, like we were back at the hotel and everybody was having fun and hanging out. And there was just a time of breaking point. It was in January where I was just like, I am exhausted. Like I am so tired. We've been working all day and I am just worn out. And it was crazy because the next day um, we were doing what they call milestone training, which is pretty much like a personality assessment and um, where we get to learn different things about us. And there was a one category that was social energy, which, you know, is just what it sounds like, you know, your ability to be in like a social setting and like the energy that it gives you, which for me going into it, I was like, oh, I'm 100% because I am social all the time. I love to be around people, but what it came out to be was actually 50%. And that literally blew my mind. I did not understand how I could be 50% and still love to be around people. And so I don't know if it was just hearing that I, you know, don't have the social energy that everybody else had, but it was like a weight had been lifted off my chest. I had literally been freed from this FOMO, this need of having to be everywhere at once and having to always be having fun and in the action. And I truly got to learn what it meant to rest and what it meant to be happy by myself and not have to be around people constantly, um, which has definitely helped me in college. Yeah, that's really cool. And that's cool that you learned like the lesson of like rest, like during like one of the most busiest seasons of your life. I don't think a lot of people could maybe say that. Um, but I definitely struggle with like what you struggle with, like fear of missing out. Like I have struggle, like I struggle with like resting because I'm always trying to like, there's always something to be done. So I always think I need to do that instead of like rest. But I'm happy that you shared that it's something that I definitely need to hear. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that you can take something away from that. <laughs> The next question is, what are some tips for staying strong in your faith during college? Because I know like a lot of people, they're saying like, you need to like live it up in college, you know, like whatever you do, like doesn't matter. So like, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I feel you, um, whoever answered, whoever asked this question, um, <laughs> because I was definitely there in high school. People were like, oh, Ashley, you're just going to go crazy when you're in college and all these things. And I was like, I don't really want to. And I was the goody goody, you know, like I was that person that everybody's like, Oh, Ashley, like you just wait, you'll get worse or something like that. I don't know. It was very strange. Um, so I, I get where you're coming from. I was that person. Um, but college is so different than high school and everybody who like will tease you and say, call you a goody goody. They 
don't care in college. <laughs> and that's like the best way that I can put it, which, you know, isn't like very great advice, but um, there's, there's just like a different thing about being in college where people are more focused on, you know, um, their grades or like their friends, or in my case was focusing on my relationship with God and like how to further my faith. Um, and I didn't really know um, how to continue to walk with God until I got to college. And most of it was reading my Bible every day, something that I didn't do when I was in high school because I claimed to be too busy. Um, praying, praying is a huge thing. There's so much power in prayer. Um, I also learned about this thing called discipleship that I had never heard of in high school, um, where you are being led by an individual who is more mature in your faith and they are helping you grow spiritually and hold you accountable to growth, um, which was really cool. And I got really involved in discipleship whenever I went to Tarleton and it changed my life. Um, and then last year, my second year at Tarleton, I was able to disciple other people. And like right now I'm discipling Bella Yoder, who is like one of the state officers. And so um, it's just really cool because that holds you to such a higher standard because you're not only having to hold yourself accountable to God, but to like other people and they can actually see you living out your faith, which is so cool and so amazing. Um but yeah, so I definitely just like read your Bible, you know, in high school, you think you're busy, you know, you, and you may be busy. I'm not downplaying that, but read your Bible, find time to do that and um, pray to God. Even if it's a short little five second prayer, like God, please help me in this or God, you are so good. Thank you for showing me your goodness. Um, just pray to him. And then if you can, you know, meet up with people, talk about your faith. I know it's kind of weird to talk about, you know, Jesus in high school, but I love that it's becoming more normal because I just feel like it wasn't as normal whenever I was in high school. And so um, talk about it, just dive into the word and yeah, you'll stay strong for sure. Yeah. Um, those are some great tips and I can definitely relate to like the person asked like it can be really hard because like I go through that like people are like we just wait till we get to college like it'll all be different stuff and I'm like whatever but yeah <laughs> but yeah so those are great tips and I'm excited to like go to college and get involved in community like discipleship like you said that sounds really cool yeah it's changed my life <laughs> um, so next question is kind of a fun one asked to tell you and Lane's story <laughs> I love this one. <laughs> um, Lane and I were best friends in high school. Um, we were district officers together. He was our president and I was, you know, like treasurer, reporter. I don't even remember any. I think I was a reporter, maybe. I don't know. But he was like big league stuff. And I was like always beneath him. And even when we moved up to area office, he was like first vice and I was just like vice president. So it was funny because like he was always above me and I was just like, oh, Mr. President, you know. <laughs> and so we were just best friends, though. And we were, you know, 30 minutes away from each other, him living in Quitman and me living in Lindell. And so um, every chance that we got to like carpool together, we would because we would just have awesome conversations in the car. And we had similar taste in music for the most part. He has like kind of weird, he has like his normal taste and then weird taste. And so, um, but yeah, so we were just best friends. And whenever we started going to college or getting ready to go to college, 
I just kind of was like, I don't want to live a life without this person in it. And so it didn't take long before we started dating. Um, and I just, I don't know, it was just different because it's different being in a friendship than it is to be in like a dating relationship. And so, um, we just got to have really cool conversations about God and about our beliefs and what it means to be engaged and married and what it means for us to live our life according to God's will and um, just all these things. And I knew from like six months of dating him that I wanted to marry him, um, but he definitely took some convincing, <laughs> but um, yeah, and it's just been great. We've been dating for two and a half years now and got engaged last July. And that's kind of, I mean, it's kind of like a to be continued story because we're not married yet, but we're just in this really awesome, like moment of being engaged and getting to prepare ourselves for what it means to have like a godly relationship. And so, um, yeah, that's pretty much the story. <laughs> yeah. So cool. I mean, I've always wondered like how y'all met and stuff. So that's cool that I finally got to hear that. And I just like applaud y'all for being like such like a good couple. Like y'all are such like a good example of like what it means to like follow God like together. So thank you for being that for FFA members and just everyone in general. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> He's kind of cute. So <laughs> <laughs> the next question is what has been the hardest thing about growing up slash adulting? Mm. Um, this one's hard because there's so many different aspects to growing up. Um, and I can speak on like growing up as in like going to college, you know, you're juggling so many things. And in high school we juggle, well, I mean, for me, it was juggling all my different FFA things, but they all were like in that same category, you know? Um, and when it, when you go to college, all of a sudden you don't have your mom waking you up anymore. You don't have, you know, um, anybody packing your lunch or like taking you to FFA contests. Like you, you're on your own. And for me, I was three and a half hours away. So there was no way that my mom could just drop everything and come to Stephenville. Um, and so, yeah, getting to like juggle, you know, school or work. And I didn't really have a job that first year of college, but I had state office, which kind of acted like a job for me. Um, but being financially savvy was a big thing. Um, knowing where to spend your money, not going to Panda Express every night because you love it. Um, and then all on top of that, you're a college student and like college is just hard and like having to go to school. Um, there's these newfound freedoms that you didn't have before, you know, no one's like waking you up and telling you to go to church on Sunday mornings. And like, sometimes you're just tired on Saturdays. And so you have to make the decision for yourself. Am I going to be committed or am I going to fall away? Um, and that, that freedom that, um, you just have to make like really good decisions and like, you have so much more time, um, but being able to use that time wisely is probably the most difficult part um, because you just have so many options of what to do. Yeah, I'm sure it's very difficult and I'm excited for that transition because I'm a senior this year, so I'll be going into college next year. So I am nervous, but I think it'll be fun. <laughs> oh, you're gonna have so much fun. It's great. College is great. Just wanna put that out there, disclaimer. <laughs> It's awesome. I know it's stressful and it's hard, but it's awesome. I love college. <laughs> so the next question is, so like you're engaged and stuff, but like what advice would you 
give to someone who is single and like waiting on a different season of life or maybe like your younger self? Yeah. So when I saw this question, I had to call my good friend, Rebecca Tuggle. She's amazing. Um, but she has been single most of her life. And so I was like, you would have so much more advice than I do because I don't know everything. And, you know, (laughs) I honestly haven't been single that very long. You know, I, in high school, I always had a relationship. And so um, not something that I would recommend because I definitely missed out on a lot of opportunities because of it. But um, I just had to call her up and she just gave me some solid advice. I'm going to kind of like relate it back to biblical terms, just because I feel like that's what I know best. And that's the way that she explained it to me. Um, But, you know, when like the Israelites were wandering like in the desert for like 40 years, you know, they could have at that point been like looking forward to the promised land. And for the most part, they were, they were grumbling. They were saying, oh, I don't want to be here. I want to be in the land that you promised me. But God was using that time as a transition period to prepare them for the promised land, you know, to prepare them to rely only on him while they were in the wilderness so that when they did get to the promised land, they would be continually relying on him. And so um, it kind of has this moment of preparedness. You know, if you're single, you don't have anybody who is needing your time. You can use all of your time almost like selfishly for yourself. Um, and you know, in a way like using that to make those wise decisions, to be biblical with your time and your energy. Um, she has a really great phrase that she uses called, or it says anointed before appointed. And so whenever you're thinking like a King, um, they have to be anointed king. And that anointment is preparing for the throne, preparing for um, and getting guidance by councilmen. And then finally, you're appointed king. And that's like, you know, when you actually become king. And so if you're single, then you have such a cool opportunity of getting to focus your attention on others, on yourself, on God, on your family, and you're not having to devote any time to a specific individual. And that is just so, so beautiful and so key. And it just provides you with so many opportunities because you can just be focused on whatever, you know, is calling you, um, whatever is biblically sound. Um, so yeah. She, she's an awesome gal and she has a lot of advice about singleness. <laughs> so I definitely have to rely on her for that. Yeah, I, that's great advice. And I am thankful that you like, since you would, couldn't necessarily speak into this area, like a lot that you reached out to someone else. So you didn't just answer like just what you thought. You actually got some information from someone who's been through it. But thank you for like relating it back to the Bible and stuff um, that like really like hit home for me. So that was awesome. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Um, So the last and final question is, how do you handle failures such as making a bad grade, upsetting someone or letting yourself down? Um, So there's two different types of failures that um, that we encounter. We have internal failure and we have external failure. And a lot of the internal failure, the only solution that we can have is grace, um, grace for ourselves. And 
how does that relate? Um, so for school, you know, it's like making a bad grade. That is, that was a really big struggle for me in high school. And even at the beginning of college, because I didn't give myself grace, I would say, Ashley, you should have done better. You should have done this. You should have studied harder. You should have done yada, yada, yada. Um, but I just had to realize, and I was able to realize through the help of others, my friends telling like, Ashley, give yourself grace on that. You know, it's not the end of the world. Have an eternal perspective, um, have, you know, um, just realizing that a grade is not the biggest thing in the grand scheme of things. Um, and that doesn't mean not to do your best because you definitely do want to do your best, but knowing that when you fail, because you're human and you will to give yourself grace in those moments and to realize that it's not the end of the world. Now for external um, stresses, um, whenever you're like in relationships, whether it be like someone that you're dating or, you know, just a friendship, they oftentimes love you for who you are. And so those expectations of thinking that you let someone down are often that you have just construed in your mind of, I am placing this expectation because I think that this person expects it of me. When honestly, most of the time they don't. But I will say that if you definitely feel like you've hurt somebody um, in that way and you've let them down and they have made it clear that you have let them down, then go to them talk to them, um, refuse to walk away until they know that they, that you love them, you know, make that so explicitly clear to them so that they, while it may not fix the problem, they at least know that you have their back and that you have all the best intentions for them and for their life. And so, yeah, two different types of failures, both equally important. Um, but yeah, that's the best advice I can give. That was a great answer. I've never like heard it like split up into two different sections, but that makes a lot of sense. And that's like, there's different approaches, like both types. So I'm glad that you walked us through those. And I think that'll be very helpful to a lot of our listeners. Yeah, absolutely. And like I said, that was the last question. But again, thank you so much for being on. I know a lot of people will get so much out of this episode and you're like huge FFA icon. <laughs> <laughs> You're so sweet. We're going to be like so excited, like to listen to this episode. So, and you were like highly requested. So I was like, of course, that's a great idea. Oh, that makes you feel so good. (laughs) Y'all are so sweet. Thanks for having me on. It's been a lot of fun. Thank you for tuning in to the live, learn, love podcast. Make sure to follow the Instagram podcast page at Live Learn Love Podcast to get updates about episodes and learn more about the guests. Also, make sure to visit the website linked down below to learn more about me and the podcast, as well as leave a review or suggestion. See y'all in the next episode. Keep aspiring growth.